If the addiction properties of your drug of choice were turned into a video game, this would be it. Easy to get into, almost impossible to master. When this formula shows up and is done right in video games, I am almost always all in, and I am all in on Slay the Spire. A gameplay first kind of experience, Slay the Spire has it in spades. The addiction and grind to get further up the spire is nearly magical with how it can get its grips on you. It's a prime example of how a few systems interlinking with one can make for a satisfying feeling to play. I was eager to try another run and here we are to talk about why I think this card game roguelike mashup is worth your time. Mike, let's talk about it. Welcome to Bits of Time, where we ask the simple question, is this video game worth your time? If I could live in a spire, it would not look like this. I'm one of your hosts, Michael. <laughs> and I'm the other host, Larry. And for those of you who celebrate, happy Gobble Gobble Day. We just passed that up about, what, five days ago? Yep. So as of time of recording, it's... Six it, days ago. The fall weather's coming in, and uh, if you celebrate Thanksgiving, there you go. I hope it was fulfilling and wonderful. All right, Mike. You know how this works. I got the new shtick I'm doing for the season. We, what we, you called it the mid-season mashup or mix-up or something? Shake-up, I think. Shake-up? All right. So I got another question for you. This is from Alessandro of Starter Quest. Pick one gaming couple. You get to date one of them, but the other will be jealous and seek revenge. How hot a date are you willing to risk going for? Well, I don't, off the top of my head, I can't think of too many gaming <laughs> couples, but let me think here for a moment. And uh, while you're thinking, I feel like you could probably... Like, think of, like, even potential love interests, right? Like, Titus, Yuna. Uh, oh, uh, I know it. Oh, okay. Balthier and Fran. Oh, Fran. Good good choice. I think I'm going to date Balthier because he's awesome. Okay, so <laughs> just, just to make sure I'm not completely misremembering who Fran is. Is that the bunny-looking girl? Yeah, yeah. Okay. From Biomass 12. Balthier yeah. and Fran. That's the way to go. So Balthier is going to be messing with you. No, I think I'm, I think I'm dating Balthier. <laughs> well, I don't know if you want Fran messing with you. <laughs> I don't know. Either one. You can't go wrong. They're both an amazing looking couple. Fran and Balthier. Okay. I'm curious what other people have to say about that. <laughs> Thank you, Starter Quest, for asking that question. Appreciate it. So from, you know, the very beginning of our little spiels there, you, we're both high on this game, it looks like. Yeah, actually, uh, I'll just get it out of the way right now. For those who listened to my game of the year 2021... This was redacted number two. Oh, so you love this game. <laughs> yeah. And again, in, to be fair, I didn't play a lot of games in 2021, but that, this was definitely true. one of the standouts. What do you think was the main thing that stood out to you? Obviously, from your little intro, I would say it's the addiction process, just the gameplay overall. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would also combine it with what you said in yours. It's really, really easy to get into, and this has become the type of game that i'll just say it so i've spent so far 33 hours and 53 minutes on this game wow yeah and but it's not it's literally maybe 30 minutes to an hour a week and it's become my game where i will literally if i'm kind of waiting for somebody a, a call a zoom call anything like that i'll hop on and try a quick run real quick and that's kind of been my thing with this game. And it's just, it's so satisfying to try and, because there's some runs because of the RNG nature of these type of games, you just get screwed over and you oh, can't yeah. do anything. <laughs> and then there are other runs where all of a sudden you're getting the right picks. Everything's coming together for you and you do the math in your head. Like, okay, wait, if I, do I apply block here or wait, if I do this attack and this attack, that attack's going to lower their defense. So I'm actually going to do that three extra points of damage I need 
So now I don't even need to block because the game's over. And there's a lot of that calculation that's just really fun to do. If you had somebody who's never played this game, if you had to paint a picture of what this game looks like and what you're doing, what would it be? Oof. Okay. Let's see. So it's basically you are dealt a starting set of cards depending on which class you pick. So the first one is that ironclad, which is, think of it as you're going to attack and you're going to defend. His big thing is armor, armor, armor. And you have a turn, you have your turn to attack and then the enemy attacks. So when you get dealt your cards, you have to decide and it, you can tell whether the enemies are going to attack or block. So you have to then decide based off the cards that you've just been dealt, what do you do with this turn? Do you want to negate all the damage or do you want to do some attacks and then take a little bit and then they attack and then you keep, then you lose those cards and you go on to your next set. And that that's the whole round. And then every time you win, you get to pick another card from a set of three and you keep going, keep going down the spire or up the spire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't want to go down. If you go back down, you're starting over yeah. and it is a 2d like turn-based side. You're looking at your characters One's on the, your characters are on the right and the no, enemies left. are on the left. Oh yeah. You're on the left. Enemies are on the right. Yes. Yeah. And that paints a nice little picture. Well, yeah. And again, and I guess Steven, you get to pick the way you go up the spire too. Usually there's between yes. three and four starting locations. There's a lot of choice, which yeah. is also very which is, nice. Well, which is fun because then you get to literally, you can look, you can see where you can plot your path basically. And you can decide as you're going, okay, I have to fight three enemies this path before I get to either a rest stop, a campfire, and our bonfire. And you have to then decide at the bonfire, do I heal or do I upgrade my cards and negate healing? And then of course... All the while, you also can get like these little uh, relics, basically, that sometimes they can provide buffs. As soon as you rest at this uh, campfire, well, now this relic pops and gives you an extra 15 or 25 rest. So is that worth more than upgrading a card? All the choice. Yeah, and then you have the vendor, the merchants, too. Oh, there, there's a lot of options. Knowing this game has a lot of choice, we're going to help you decide on... If this game is worth your time with a little background knowledge. It took me six hours and 38 minutes to make it to the top of the spire and survive for my first time. I played for a total of 13 hours and 38 minutes, finishing the game with all four characters. Very cool. I played on my PS5. It was the PS4 version. I think I got it from a PS Plus one day. That's not a bad free download. What'd you play it on? I'm playing on my Series S. So. And you had a 33 hours. Did you play this on PC at all, or no? Am I mistaking that? Yeah. No. 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 I. Uh, yeah. This is I because I believe this game was on Game Pass, and so it was one of those things where I was either gonna purchase it or and I was like, oh well, I can just try it out. So that was, yeah, it was a no-brainer for me. I guess I could play it on PC being on Game Pass, but that's yeah. true. Slay the Spire was officially released on January 23rd, 2019. It was in early access in 2017. So another the 2017, man, that, that year for gaming. Wild. It was developed and published by Megacrit. Humble Bundle helped publish it on consoles. Humble Bundle's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> they have so much stuff. Uh, so you actually mentioned this. I was doing some research on the background. One gameplay element I didn't know they added until... A certain point in development was the next turn element, 
where you can see where the enemy is going to attack. Mm. So that used to not, in the base game, that was not in it. Well, you know, and it's something that's really fascinating about that is you can actually take, I believe it's either a, a relic, a boss relic, that you get more mana depending on what character you are, but then you lose the ability to see what they're Ooh. going to do. And it's like, ah, it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like in most turn-based games, that would ruin the game. But mm. knowing that there's roguelike elements in this, I feel like that is almost has to be a staple. And I, I'm glad they decided to switch that up. You know, you know, the other fascinating thing is like the roguelike mechanics in this game aren't like other ones, though. Because there isn't actually as many bonuses once you've completely unlocked your character and all the starting cards. Because it's not like you can go through and... Not much carries over. Yeah, not much carries over, other than you just get more unlocks and cards. And so because of that, there is a different level of difficulty with this run. And then, of course, you can ascend your run to make all the bosses tougher, too. So for those who want to seek that challenge. I'm curious now, uh, how many characters did you beat it with? I beat it with all four. Uh, The last... I I literally... I went in order. So Ironclad, uh, the blind, I think. You know, I thought I wrote it down somewhere, and I don't know, the assassin-looking guy. He's got the mask on, skull mask. Yeah, then there's, like, the Protoss-looking guy. That's Defect. Defect, Defect, thank you. And then the the Watcher was actually the one that took me the longest to beat. And Which, that's, I believe that's a new character that they added later, right? Yeah, it was just yeah. originally three, yep. originally three. Yeah, because actually, when I, I, I actually remember when I first started playing this, the Watcher wasn't even an option yet. So this is, like, I believe within the last year and a half or something. That sounds right. Yeah, but... And it was interesting because the Watcher with me, I was actually stuck with her for a while. She's I could, an interesting class. I couldn't figure out. But once you learn her mode and like that rage mode, if you can time it right, the amount of burst damage you can do with that character is insane. So you so you finished her with less. This is the order that I played in it. Or this is kind of the, a timeline of my experience with the game. I finished Act 1 on my first playthrough, and I was like, man, I'm really good at this. <laughs> and then I got stonewalled, and I could not get past it for a long time. Uh, I finished my first character on run 10, and that was the Assassin. The Silent, I think. That's the what, Silent. That's is, that, yeah. is that the name? Yeah, the Silent, okay. yeah. That's, uh, it it I, just popped in my head as I looked at you, and I was like, oh. Yeah. And, and I will say this, just getting out of the way, that's my favorite character. Okay, that's my favorite character, oh, too. I love There's something about that poison DPS stuff. So, uh, to me, it's actually, yeah, when you can get the poison ticking properly, oh, my gosh. And then, honestly, also with the uh, the Blades, uh, I, can't, I already forgot what they're called. But when you can dupe up their power and do that move where you get four of them and then have all of them doing like 12 damage apiece, yes. it's, the burst damage there is <laughs> so take, awesome. You take away those mobs pretty easily then, yeah. which is nice. It's funny, after I beat it with the sound, I was like, oh, maybe I'll just stop right there. And then I woke up the next morning, I was like, no, nah, I want to <laughs> play again. And I just couldn't stop thinking of the game. I was like, I just need to play it. So I beat it with Ironclad on my next run, all the way through. Oh, I made nice, it all the way, and nice. I was like, all right, this is great. So then have you, I'm assuming, though, based on that, you haven't beaten like the actual like heart then, right? Because when you get to the end of the run, did you? I thought that's a like community thing. Where is it a community thing? Okay, I was something. wondering that. Because I know the last time I have did my run, so I've, I think I've completed it all the way through 11 times now is I ended up, I think he's, that heart was at like 985 health. Oh, wow. Yeah. So people are doing damage. So if it's a community thing, that's awesome. I think it is. Okay. So I actually beat it with, the Watcher was my second person that I beat it with. And then it was Ironclad and then it was Defect. Yeah. I will say this, bar none, 
I, I think the boring, the one that I just didn't connect with the most was Ironclad. I just, I didn't have fun. It's, I mean, it's, it's amusing sometimes to just build up a ton. It almost health back. The Ironclad feels like the warrior from Hearthstone with shield block is how I attributed it, where it was like gain a whole bunch of shield and armor and then use that to attack your enemies. Which can be kind of fun, yeah, I think. Which, which can definitely be fun, but uh, yeah. The most basic class, I would yep. say, is Ironclad. Which probably makes sure. sense, because I think a lot of people probably start out with that one. So, we could, I suppose we should talk your tiered list of characters. Does it go... Obviously, it's Silent, the Rogue Poison one. Yeah. And then... It was it? Shiv, by the way. I forgot that the Shivs are the... the oh, yeah, things. that's what you use, your little daggers. Yeah. Who's your second favorite? Hmm... I mean, I think just because I've been really figuring her out, it's going to be between Derelict and Defect. Watcher. Defect. I can't get any of their names right, and I'm the one who plays it more. <laughs> uh, I think I actually posted on Twitter a clip of me with the Defect where I had just this absurd burst round where I took... I ended up popping an achievement where I fought an ascended enemy, a boss, at the end and took zero damage because I killed it in three turns. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which I just... The card build that I had. So... I think it alternates between Defect and uh, Watcher. I can't... I would say yeah. similar. I think it goes Defect is two, which I feel like Defect is the hardest character to play as. Yes, agreed. There's just a lot going on with him. But man, when you hit a yeah. good run, I have a clip that I'll probably hopefully share somewhere where I think I have like six orbs or eight or something, and I'm just doing so much damage because yep. yeah. I did this thing where there, I think it was all lightning orbs, and... When you enact a card, it enacts it twice. And it, I think I do like every single one of my orbs launches like two times. So it's yep. like 16 yeah. damage or something. Not 16 damage, but like 16 different attacks over and over again. It is fun yeah. to watch. Yeah. And again, that was similar to what I was saying with, with the clip that I uploaded. I, I think the thing that makes uh, that individual character exciting too is like, I think just visually there's the most going on with him. Yeah, all the orbs. Because all the other characters are kind of a little more stagnant with what they have going on. But I will say, if you can ascend with the Watcher, so there, because she has two power modes. There's, there's, it's like enraged, I believe, is the first one. But she like takes different stances, right? Yeah, she takes di more damage though, double damage. But you also do double damage. But then if you get ten mantra, I believe it is, you ascend and then you triple your damage. And, she and so if you can demolishes. hit that, yeah, if you can hit that right, because there was a relic. Or not a relic, a card I got, or one of the power cards, where when I went into Mantra to start a turn, you also then draw four cards. So, and I already had a lot of cards that I was drawing. So when all of a sudden you're able, and I had a lot of AOE spells with her. Oh, when you're doing like 40 damage per AOE spell and they cost zero, it's insane. <laughs> yeah. She can get very powerful, which yes. is great. So we just talked a lot about the gameplay. Did the lack of upfront story beats affect you at all? I actually think this is the prime example of a game where I didn't really want there to be much of a story. Because I think what makes this game just click for me is its ability to jump in and out. Now, I can't only play games like this. Like, I need my story in some games. But this is an example of a game where I think if there was a deep story behind it, it's... I'm sure they could have figured out how to do it. I just like that I can... I don't have to care about any of that yeah, stuff. it's very ambiguous. You, Why am I going up this tower? I don't know. There's cool little story elements, I'll say, with like the RNG like relics you'll find or like the offerings this person will give you. And oh, yeah. Debuffs and that. There's definitely a story built behind it uh, or kind of within the game with all the weird curses and characters. You can like, okay, are you going to get cursed or why is this person here? 
So that's almost like a Soulsborne thing. Like, yeah. You read into it if you want to. You know, I'm just realizing, though, too, like, with the lack of story, I wonder how much fun it would have been to, like, have, like, a challenge mode. So, like, like me and you with, you know, our characters could, like, challenge each other with, like, customized decks. It kind of does get rid of the climb, though. Oh, yeah. I wonder how that would work. Would that just be just a normal card game, then? I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It could be cool. But, yeah, surprisingly... This didn't bother me not having a story, which I feel like a lot of the times I'm pushing for the story in this our is, episodes. I was definitely, I was very fascinated. I was actually pleasantly surprised when I heard your intro because I didn't know what you were going to think of this type. Because this is uh, probably the first card game I've clicked with since Hearthstone. And I've completely lost my interest in Hearthstone because I thought they completely botched that game later down later years. And I've been kind of craving another thing like that. This isn't that. But you, we all know, if you've been listening to this uh, podcast, I really have started to love roguelites. Yeah. And so now this kind of combines both my loves. And so, yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised. I would love to see more games like this happen. I love so card more games. deck building type oh. games. Yeah. They, well, hopefully there's one coming up soon here. Marvel. They, Marvel Midnight Suns. They decided to re-release it on me again. <laughs> oh, yeah. They delayed it. Now it's coming back. Yeah. Watch. They strip all the card elements from you. That'd be hilarious. I've heard that might happen. And if that's the case, I'm not playing. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote here in my notes, lack of any story. And I wrote unsure with like a dot, dot, dot. So obviously I had opinions, but honestly, this didn't bother me like I thought it would. You know, gameplay, when you think of the video games in general, probably the gameplay should be at the center, even mm. though it's not always with me. But it shouldn't come as a surprise because I love 3D Mario games. I'm not playing those for the story. Yeah, you know, 100%. <laughs> like, yeah. So we do get some story snippets here and there, like we talked about with the paths that you choose and some of the characters you meet. But yeah, I don't know why I'm surprised that I would enjoy this because I love 3D Mario games and I don't play those for story. <laughs> I literally play those for the levels and the design and all that stuff. That's so true if you think about it. Like as much as I always claim that you're like this story lover, which you are, like some of the games you've spent the most time on basically <laughs> have no story whatsoever. Yeah, so, <laughs> or I didn't even so, think about that. Yeah, it's so bare. I don't know. When I was writing this, I was like, huh. Wow, some of my favorite games ever, Super Mario 64, Super Mario Galaxy. Yeah, I ain't playing those for a story. They're, you know, Galaxy has a, some fun story stuff, but we won't talk about that right now. Okay, so I guess then, real quick, there's something I asked you, because I think we both knew when this game popped up on the list that it's a card game. There's a chance I'm going to dig with it. It's gonna, I'm going to vibe. What is it that a card game needs to do for you to be interested? Because obviously, we all went through the MTG phase, Magic the Gathering, you were in the Hearthstone phase for a little while. Yeah. And so what is it a card game needs to do to get Michael interested? PSA, if you hear any knocking, they are working on my basement. So oh, yeah. You might hear that. That's probably coming through right now. So apologies. We're not going <laughs> to... We don't want to rush them. I think a lot of the things with why I dropped off from Magic and stuff, like you start adding so much layers to it, it starts becoming overwhelming mm. and i think having there, there's a balance because i want a lot of unique builds for my card or my character in this it's a character right but mm -hmm. you're building with their cards but it has to be straightforward enough and easy to understand that it's easy to pick up and i feel like a lot of times card games in general lack that there's just too much moving parts with it there has to be agency is the thing okay. I, I have to be able to input a strategy see it and be able to do it within a certain amount of time without me having to think too much about it. 
So I want to be able to fiddle with things, and this game definitely does that, and I think in general I have to be able to look like I have enough options that there's not just one route to go. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. I Actually, also something kind of clicked with me with this game where I think the thing that tired me out with a game like Hearthstone was you constantly... Basically, there was like optimal builds because you're yeah, playing as meta. other players. There was Yeah, there was the meta. And it got tiresome having to somewhat... You could like look at a, you know someone's deck and be like, okay, I have most of those cards. I don't have these. Let me combine and do something else. But it, copying everyone gets so boring after a while. You want to be different. The fact that you're not competing with a meta in this game... Maybe that does help. Yeah. I think that is... There's a level of RNG that I think is really, really satisfying with this game. Because you can honestly have all the cards unlocked in this game and get absolutely freaking wrecked because you didn't pick right. <laughs> yep. Or, you know, what I... Found, Which, uh, I think some people, that would be frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Well, point, I, I found myself doing this, especially with the silent early on, where I was like, okay, I just want to do nothing but poison. And so I would get like... Uh, I can't remember. There, there, the poison had... What was the card? So uh, the poison... Or the poison. <laughs> the silent has the poison card called Catalyst, which doubles the amount of poison that you're doing. And I would get that all the time, like, okay, let me get this, let me get this. But then I wouldn't have enough poison. <laughs> and so I would, I couldn't proceed further up the spire because I kind of just nerfed myself on accident expecting that I would get better cards. And I didn't. And so you have to really be willing to shape your deck with what you're getting, not with what you want. And I think that's a really, really fun, intuitive battle you have to give with you yourself. You know that reminds me of kind of? We didn't do it very often, but when you play a booster tournament at like uh, Magic the Gathering, where you rip open a booster pack, you have options for all these cards. All right, well, I have to start building it on the fly. What's compatible? With I, I missed those, by the way. <laughs> that, that, that was fun, but that was actually something I struggled with too, because I would get what it always ends up happening is you'll get like a really good card. You're like, oh my gosh, okay, here we go. Let me build around this. Yeah, this is the synergy of the deck. So then you start every time you get cards you're almost picking suboptimal cards to just to try and synergize where what I would end up doing is I would just pick the best card every single time. And then it's like, you get together and you're like, well, I have a whole bunch of awesome cards, but they don't synergize with each other. <laughs> so this deck sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like this game does the choice of pass really well, where again, like you said, you're not competing with other people, which could be a good. I mean, in a could, way you are, there's a leaderboard. Yeah, there could be a good element to that. Maybe they could work that out. But I think, yeah, taking away the other human element, I think some people would, that would bug them. But in my case, this was exactly what I wanted. Well, yeah, even think about this, right? There's, there's technically probably an optimal build for every character. So you could copy what someone else has done. But here's the thing. You might not get the cards in the exact order that they do. The enemies you fight, you still have to make the decisions. You might have the deck... You still got to know how to play it because this enemy you fight might do something that the other person didn't encounter. So it's yeah. like every run is different. And health is such an interesting choice in this game because you don't want to take a lot of damage from these little tiny minions, but sometimes you have to. And Well, and that was also the... It was almost fulfilling when you'd get to the final boss on each, run, uh, each act. It's like... You had your health pool, but you're like, hey, listen, I know I'm going to get to full health on the next run. So as long as you don't knock me below zero, <laughs> I can sometimes sacrifice health here to yep. do optimal damage. Which is awesome. I love yeah. that there's strategy in almost every encounter that you do. And there's strategy from 
immediately when you're looking at those paths to go, it's like, all right, how, I want to fight a lot of enemies to get cards maybe, or I want to stop to all these checkpoints so I can heal along the way. I guess then real quick then, uh, were you the type of character, like did you avoid the mini boss fights or did you go after them because you knew you'd get a relic? I really liked relics in this yeah, game. Yeah, so, so did I. I generally tried to, but it depends on how many bosses or how many minions were before there. Because if I saw there was like two minions and then a mini boss, I'm like, oh, I might get hurt too much to f beat the mini boss. Okay, so when you start the game, right? You Did you... I had one that I would always pick. I would just have to look first. You know that you got that starting relic to start the game where eat the first three enemy encounters you face they have one health each oh yeah i loved it i loved when i would if that was an option for me i would look at the rung and there were multiple times where i was able to do it where you just have to hope the question mark ones on enemy doesn't pop up so you could fight a mini boss and the mini boss would have one health oh yeah. I don't that know. was the best i actually got an uber one you know when they have the power up the power up one i got that one once where it was one health so i got two oh it was amazing i loved that <laughs> Now that I've beat the game with every character, I think I've played another hour or so. But yeah, this game is very addicting. And those are the reasons why right there is because, mm. yeah, there's just so much choice and it's just fun to play. Well, I think the thing that's also a positive for this game, too, is the fact that you've beaten it and you've played 13 hours and you loved it. I've beaten it and played 33 hours and loved it. Like, you don't have to be... I'm just somebody who... And I, it did take me significantly. Like, I played... You technically, with most games, you beat all the characters in 13 hours at least, right? They're about 13 hours? Yeah. I didn't beat it with the Watcher until about 20 hours for me. But it's because I was really focusing on the silent. I loved playing that character. But yeah, it's just... it. it there's really a... You can literally go in, beat it with one of the characters, and then just never play again, too. Yeah, and I think you would... It'd be worth your time if you did yeah. that. Now, it's satisfying when yeah, you get it. They do an interesting thing where when you beat it, let's say if with Ironclad, at the end screen, they show you it lights up this little light yeah. into this like emblem thing. And you're like, all right, what's up with that? Yeah, yeah. So light spoilers, but when you beat it with all three characters, then you take a character and you when you go to a campfire, you have the choice to resurrect their color or, so, or no, get their key, I yep. think it is. And I've never done that. So I've yep. never... Because the route just seems harder that way. So yeah. I've gotten one or two keys, but I've never made it to the end boss and beat it. I'm sure something happens. So I've, and so it's funny about that. Uh, I just probably the last five hours of playtime, I've started trying to see what would happen with that. And I've twice made it to the final rung with all three. But every time, because I had to choose those, you over don't get buffs and it's stuff. like yeah. i haven't gotten but now i did i beat a boss one of the powered up bosses and they, they'll usually have a key too and so oh yeah there is that I yeah forgot about that but i didn't fight and the run so far so i haven't done it yet i've gotten really close but i'm curious what happens yeah so you'll have to update me yes. or maybe i'll try and do it myself i'm not sure i got yeah. so many games to play for season three so who knows <laughs> yes so going back to just the deck building i think honestly it's pretty simple you just make it fun replayable and give me options so that it's pretty simple and uh yeah this card game within a game really is something yeah and you have the option to you know thin your deck so you get your better cards more often you have the ability to the, the colorless cards are kind of interesting where you know they just do some they do some really really random stuff <laughs> and like some of them are worthless i thought at times but other ones were pretty good but i liked uh i always liked saving up my money to buy relics 
even at the that guy and then thinning my deck so that I could get rid of some of the because it at first it's like well of course I just want to buff up my strike cards or whatever cards you have but then you start realizing for the same mana I can do four more damage and get a bonus on all these other cards so let me get rid of all these cards (laughs) (laughs) yep it's about making that optimal deck for your build on the fly which is my favorite thing about it do you think I think you asked this question to me with a roguelike game, do you prefer it with deck building elements or without now? Yeah. Uh, or do you want a variety? Yeah, I honestly, like, the more that I looked at this question, actually, the more that I hated that I asked you this question. Because it's just one of those things where as long as the game's done right. And so, like, I'm somebody who I would say my two favorite roguelites now that I've played, bar none, would be this game and Hades. And they're and, completely different. Yeah, completely different. Uh, I still think Hades is overall a better game. And maybe someday we can talk about that. I don't know. But these are both unbelievably good roguelites. These are, I think they should be at the top of almost anyone's list, at least top five for most people. And and it, they're the complete opposite. One is a deck builder. The other one literally has nothing to do with cards. And I think that's the beauty and the kind of the, the variety this style of game gives you. And so... I don't think it matters one way or the other. I obviously like the cards, uh, but Hades is an example of everything that's right with this type of game too. So, Yeah, my two favorites right now, one is a card, one, which is Slay the Spire. This game mm-hmm. is awesome. You should play it. And then it would be Rogue Legacy, and that has no card elements. Now, I originally played that one on the Vita. I don't have a big swath of examples that I've played, but those are my two, and they're very different. I know Inscription is another... I think that's a roguelike. I, don't get me wrong. I know it's a card game, so maybe I totally got <laughs> that wrong. But I would say one of my favorite JRPGs I've ever played is Bait and Kaidos on the GameCube, and that has like a deck-building roguelike element. I've always pronounced that Botten, so it is Bait. I, I actually I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> that was before, you know, they used to say the title of the games all the time. Gotcha. But that has some deck-building elements, and I really like that too. So Okay. I, I think I would prefer them to have some type of deck system or a card system whether that needs to be the entire game needs to be cards unsure okay michael if you were to be put into slay the spire what would be your skill of choice and why so again skill being are you going to have more of an offensive skill combo damage over time i think you're going to probably do damage over time because you like poison yeah so i will always choose offense now it depends what type offense but Usually it's offense with a status effect in any type of game. So I want to kill the people as quickly as possible, and I want to tick them down. So, yeah, offense slash DPS. Hey, that's the uh, the sports analogy, right? The damage best. per second or damage, damage yeah, over DPS. Or, oh, what yeah. Is, yeah. Dots, dots, versus, dots versus DPS. So damage is damage per second. Dots is damage over time. Yeah, mine would probably technically dots damage over time because that's like after every turn they take damage. That's what well, I'm thinking. And again, in a game like this, the fact that you can still hurt them for a decent amount of damage while being defensive maybe for or doing some more card draw for a turn or two, I think it ends up paying dividends later. It depends on the fight, right? If it's a small Absolutely. fight. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, again, I, I like your analogy there. A good, the best defense is a good offense, so that, yep. that's my style too. So I would that, agree with that. That's what you'd pick as well? Oh yeah, 100%. Cool. So let's get into the quick bits. Myself, I climbed 649 floors. I did a total of 18 different runs. Remember, I didn't beat the my first run until run 10, so then I went on a pretty good spree there. 
And again, like the quick bits thing is 100%. This shows you the difference between me and you. You actually write all this stuff down. I believe I'm at like 2,500 uh, floors climbed. Which would make sense because I played a total of 13 hours, yeah. maybe 14 if we're adding that extra hour that I played afterwards. He's at 33. Yeah. I got RNG'd so hard on one of my runs, though. <laughs> uh, my first match, all I had was defend cards, so I couldn't attack. And oh, I was like, well, well that's kind of lame. The next turn after it was all attack cards, so I couldn't defend. <laughs> I was like, this is rough. I will say, I there's a boss that completely screwed me over once. It was like, it's like a a black ghost type bot, like apparition or something like that. I probably didn't say that word right. Apparition? A- apparition. There apparition. <laughs> that, that doesn't sound <laughs> right. <either. laughs> I think I said it right. You said it right. Who knows? Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, where it has 999 health. And it does so much damage to you. But when you hit it for, I think it's half of its damage that it's going to deal to you, it knocks its ability to attack. I didn't realize that for like two or three runs. And I kept running into this thing. Man, some of them just hit like Mack trucks. And you're like, how am I going to survive? <laughs> oh, no, you're not going to survive. it. <laughs> My fastest victory was 59 minutes and 23 seconds. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, it's pretty good. And that's pretty cool that you can beat the game in under an hour, technically. Yeah. Because I am proof. It took me a while to get there, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing we did not talk about, and I just realized that we should probably do it. What do you think about the art style? I think this game is kind, <laughs> ki- kind of ugly. <laughs> yeah, no, this isn't a great game. Uh, we well, don't say that is a great game. For, from the looks, excuse me. And we, we, this is just spoiler territory for our probably season wrap up. I, I think just the thumbnail for this, or well, thumbnail in the on the Xbox dashboard, it's cover art box art i just think it's ugly as heck it's just not great it looks like someone posted a a low res photo <laughs> it just doesn't look great but it, it's got it definitely has its own style to this game but yeah it's not the fun i guess then we can even talk about the sound design we didn't really talk about that either yeah, i mean that's good that music yeah. does get really annoying after a while though because you're hearing it over and over again yeah so which is i think that's there's something to be said. The fact that we love this game and didn't talk about the graphics or the sound. That should be telling it what how it's addicting about, it yeah. can be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And it, those are not the important parts of the game. And for the most part, just like the Forgotten City in season in the beginning of the season, game number two, I don't really think we talked about the music in that either. In that type of music, the score of this, it's that fantastical orchestra and stuff. That doesn't really resonate with me. No, And I same. don't listen to that outside of... A podcast or outside the game so well i think if we didn't bring it up in that episode we'll just say it here like i think the utter kind of silence that happens in that game a lot is really really profound and you notice that that's another stupid whisper lady yeah yeah. (laughs) that's another game that's worth your time so go check it out go check both those out even if art style isn't your thing and if you're looking for a gameplay first you should give this a shot it goes on sale pretty often not easily but it's easy for you to click that buy button. It's also on Game Pass. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. All right. Well, I was going to do the ending and kind of wrap this up, but you kind of just said it perfectly there, brother. This is this game's worth your time. We both agree with that. It's fun. It's easy to get into. Hard to master, like I mentioned. So, uh, yeah. Whether it's on sale or not, if you want to check it out on Game Pass, we both recommend Slay the Spire. If it's still on Game Pass, because we are recording this at the end of September... We wish you a thank- happy Thanksgiving, gobble gobble day, but it could be gone from Game Pass. <laughs> Fair enough. There's always like five or six games that kind of drop off every month. So just play this game. It's completely worth it. Yeah.